Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, it's Super Bowl weekend, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of COVID-safe Super Bowl parties. But the biggest party that's happening of all this weekend is happening in heaven. And it's happening because of what we're doing right here out at the amphitheater. The Bible says that whenever a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus and goes into the waters of baptism, heaven throws a party. And we're able to baptize two wonderful ladies here that have put their faith in Christ, that are part of the cathedral family. And so what an exciting way to kick off today's service. Let's start with Bonnie. Bonnie, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You love him with all your heart. Upon that confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah! Well, I can hear those angels rejoicing in heaven. Amen. And now, Sabrina, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You love him with all your heart. Upon the confession of your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Today is a day of celebration. Pastor Vaughn and the worship team, let's continue the party. lost but he brought me into his love for me oh his love for me who the sun sets free always
Bible says that he will not forsake those who seek him. So wherever you're at right now, would you declare this truth over your life that God loves you and he has chosen you. Come on, Cathedral, let's sing it out together. Father God, we just rejoice in that fact, Lord, that we are who you say we are. And Father, we also rejoice in the fact that you are who you say you are. You are forever and always our Lord, our Savior, our Master. We put our trust and our hope in you in this moment. We worship you in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said amen and amen. Bye. 
Lord, you are the way maker. Lord, you make a way where there seems to be no way. You open the way, you show the way, you part the way, you are the way. Come and have your way in us in this moment. Lord, I pray that every spiritual blessing possible would go to every person listening right now. They're in their home, they're in their car, they're in their office, they're on their patio, in every heart, every life, every family. Lord, come right now and do that work of blessing. Make your way in their lives. We thank you for this in Jesus' name, in the name of the way, the truth, and the life. Amen and amen. Well, welcome, cathedral family from all over the world. There is no place in the world that you should better, rather be than right here with us. We're so glad you've joined us. We love you. We're praying for you. We miss you. And in fact, I'm going to ask you to stop and pause for a moment. In all this time, we haven't been together is there someone in particular that you miss? Someone in our church family you haven't seen or heard from in a while? I want to challenge you today to pause and think about maybe you could text them or Facebook them or write them a letter or a note or email them or call them. You know, we read in the book of Hebrews these words. It says, encourage one another daily. And I want to encourage you to encourage someone this week. So right now, wherever you are, just take out a piece of paper and write down the name of someone you could pray for this week in our cathedral family, someone you could contact. Yeah, go ahead right there. You on the couch, I see you. Get a piece of paper and you right there in your bed. That's right. And you there on that patio chair, go ahead and get something, write down a name. And this week, incur- I see you in your sweatpants and, and you in your pajamas. That's right. Think about somebody right now that you could write, contact, pray for as we encourage each other and believe for what God has. I pray that you're encouraged this week. We're praying for you. We want you to know that the whole reason we come to you every weekend is we want you to know that you are the center of the heart of Jesus. And as I'm here on the center of this stage, we want you to know that this is the time to make him the center of your life. And one of the ways you can do that is by bringing your tithes and offerings. In Acts chapter 20, we hear this great passage of scripture where Paul is talking to a church that he loves very much, the church of Ephesus. And here's what he says. He says, remember the words of Jesus. Giving brings far greater blessing than receiving. Let me say that again. Giving brings far greater blessing than receiving. How many of you want to be blessed? I see that hand. Well, one of the ways we do that is in this moment as we bring our gifts to the Lord. And we can bring our gifts in a variety of ways. You can go online. You can go to our church app. You can write out a check and mail it to the church office. Or you can drop it by Monday through Friday during our office hours. That's a way that you can line yourself up for that passage to come to pass. You can also text GIVE to the number at the bottom of the screen. We're believing in this moment that you'll experience that great blessing, that it's greater blessing to give than to receive. May God strengthen you in that. So be encouraged, be an encourager. And here comes Lauren with some encouraging words as well. Hello, Cathedral family. 
I have just one question for you today. Are you ready for some football? It's Buccaneers versus Chiefs. And to be honest, I don't really care who wins. I'm just excited about the food. Now, while you're enjoying the game and the food, you can head over to our website, cathedralofaith.org, and check out all of the great resources that we have available that have to do with this current series that we're in, Dream Again. Or you can even purchase Pastor Ken's book, Imagine Living Your Dream. Now, something even more exciting than Super Bowl food, for the next three weekends, we're having drive-through communion on campus. It'll be a great time to wave hi to fellow church members and to pray with the pastors. You won't want to miss it. As always, for everything that's happening here at the church, we encourage you to check out the website, follow us on social media, or give us a call at the church office. We would love to hear from you, and we'll see you online. Over this past year, my wife and I have done our share of streaming on Netflix. And recently, I caught an episode of a show called Playbook. Now, in this episode, Doc Rivers, who's an NBA coach, he gives some of his important lessons for life. And he told a story about a time when he was in grade school. He said the teacher asked the students to walk up to the chalkboard and to write their dream. What did they want to do in life? And when he came to the board, he wrote NBA, that he wanted to play professional basketball. Well, she took the eraser and she wiped it off the board. And she told him, she said, that's way too unrealistic for you. Now, can you imagine? I mean, it takes a lot of guts just to put your dream up there in front of the entire class. And now to have the teacher shut you down So she said, go up and write something else. So he walked up the board and he said, okay. And he wrote once again, N-B-A. Well, this time the teacher, she'd had enough. She sent him home. But when he got home, his dad marched him right back to school. Now, outside the door to his class, his dad told him, listen, you're a little young for that kind of dream. But just remember, whatever you do in life, make sure you finish the race. Well, he walked back into class and once again, the teacher handed him some chalk and he walked up to the blackboard and he wrote N-B-A. And at that point, the father looked at the teacher, just shook his head. Doc Rivers said, that was a good day. He held on to his dream in spite of all of that pressure. You know, in the year 2020, it felt like 2020 had a big eraser in its hand and it was trying to erase our dreams and our capacity to dream. But this year, 
We're taking it back. We have the chalk back in our hands and we're asking the Holy Spirit to inspire us, to breathe into us, to resurrect a dead dream or to dream a new dream. This is our year to dream again. Have you been dreaming again, cathedral family? For the next few moments, I wanna talk to you about the kind of stuff it takes to take hold of your dream. It takes a certain tenacity, a certain determination. When I was in junior high school, right down the street at Ida Price, I went out for the wrestling team and I made it. In fact, I ended up being pretty good at wrestling and the older I get, the better I was. You gotta imagine me being 90 pounds of solid muscle. Can you see what I would look like? Well, I was pretty good at it, but my career didn't last very long because after a serious injury, I decided that I liked my health way more than I liked that sport. And so I hung up my wrestling shoes until a few years ago when I stepped into the ring with a MMA teacher here in town and we mixed it up a bit. And as you can see, well, I taught him a thing or two. Yeah. Well, one of the most remarkable stories of the Bible, would you believe it? It has to do with a wrestling match. God gives a man by the, naked, by the name of Jacob a dream in Genesis chapter 8, 28. We read this. In a dream, Jacob saw a stairway standing on the earth. Its top reached to heaven. You thought stairway to heaven started with Led Zeppelin? It's all the way back here in the book of Genesis. It continues, the angels of God were going up and coming down on it. The Lord stood beside the stairway. He said, I am the Lord. I am the God of your grandfather, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your children after you the land you're lying on. They will be like the dust of the earth that can't be counted. They will spread out to the west and to the east. They will spread out to the north and to the south. All nations on the earth will be blessed because of you and your children after you. I am with you. I will watch over you everywhere you go and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. Our faithful God. Can somebody say amen to that? So Jacob has a dream in his heart and then on the way to his dream, Four chapters later, he runs into a wrestling match. Now, what in the world is a wrestling match doing in the Bible? And what in the world does a wrestling match have to do with me and my dream? Well, let's take a look. First of all, in Genesis chapter 32, notice that the fight comes to Jacob. In Genesis 32, we read, Jacob was left alone. He was by a river and a man came and wrestled with him. 
Jacob was not out there looking to pick a fight. I'm going to pick a fight. Jacob is not trying to pick a fight. He's trying to get some sleep. And then a stranger shows up and attacks him. He doesn't box with Jacob. When someone boxes with you, you can hit him or you can turn tail and run. Instead, he wrestles Jacob. When someone wrestles you, you have to engage your opponent. Now, it's interesting. Jacob has been wrestling his entire life, all the way back to the time he was born. Before he was born, Jacob was a twin. And even inside his mother's womb, he was wrestling with his brother. And then while they're being born, they're still going at it. His older brother comes out first, but Jacob is still trying to take him down, clutching at his heel. And now he's in another wrestling match, not with his brother, but with a stranger. He doesn't pick the fight. The fight comes to him. And this is the first takeaway. On the way to your dream, you're going to have a fight. There's going to be a problem to be solved, an obstacle to overcome. There's going to be a struggle to endure. There will be a wrestling match. If you see somebody living their dream, you know that they've been to the mat. Now, some people, they want to live their dream, but they don't want the struggle in order to get there that it takes. And so at the first sign of trouble, they end up tapping out. But you can't have one without the other. The truth of the matter is this. If you sense that God's put a dream in your heart, and you're pursuing that dream with all of your heart, and you run into trouble... It's not a sign that you're on the wrong track. It's a sign that you're on the right track because struggle is a part of the journey. This is something that's important for us to teach our kids and our grandkids because I know as a grandparent, the thing I want to do is jump in and, well, remove all the struggle from my grandkids but is that really the best thing for me to do? Neurologists who have studied what happens in the brain, they found that, that, uh, they found that struggle is necessary for brain growth and connectivity. That if you're not struggling, then you're not learning. That it really is struggle that gives you your wings. Think about a butterfly. For example, if a butterfly is in a cocoon and it's struggling to get out of the cocoon and, and you're well-intentioned, you want to help the butterfly out. So you come along and you open up that cocoon. You take away the struggle. Do you know what's going to happen? That butterfly is going to die because it's within the struggle. That's what pumps you know, life and blood into those wings and enables that butterfly to soar. It's important to recognize that struggle is not something to avoid. Learn to embrace the struggle, that it's a part of the journey. This will help us to be resilient 
It'll help our kids and grandkids to be resilient. The great Frederick Douglass said this. He said, if there is no struggle, then there is no progress. And the Apostle Paul, in saying how as a Christian, even though we face struggle, we can be confident that you and I, we will prevail. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we read, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Can somebody say amen to that? Whoa, I heard that amen all the way on the other side of the internet. So this wrestling match, the first takeaway is there's always going to be a struggle on the way to our dream. Now, second, look at the length of the struggle that the fight takes place all night long. We read in Genesis 32, Jacob was left alone and a man came and wrestled with him. The man fought with him until the sun came up all night long. I can remember this one wrestling match I was in. I, I stepped onto the mat and I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> this guy was good. He wasn't as good as the Hulkster, but this guy was good. He was very good. He was way better than me. I was stronger than him, but he was better than me. And so 30 seconds in, I made a plan. I'm just going to make sure this guy doesn't pin me. And so I fought him all three rounds, all nine minutes. Now, nine minutes, it doesn't seem very long, does it? I mean, if you're binging your favorite show or enjoying a meal at a restaurant or playing with your grandkids, nine minutes goes by like that. But when you're using every fiber of your being struggling against your opponent, nine minutes feels like nine hours. I saw this one sign that said, if wrestling was easy, they would call it football. Hello. <laughs> I wonder how long that wrestling match felt like to Jacob. Was it nine hours long? If it was, did that nine hours feel like nine days, nine weeks, nine years? He wrestles with this man all night long, but Jacob simply won't give up. Even when his hip is dislocated. Now, you know that's got to be painful. And yet Jacob plays through the pain. He plays in spite of the, in uh, the injury. And he will not turn loose of his opponent. One thing you got to say about Jacob is this guy's got grit. Angela Duckworth wrote a best-selling book on the subject of grit. It's entitled The Power of Passion and Perseverance. Angela and her team were trying to find out what is it that makes people successful? And so they researched. They, they wanted to know why 
do certain cadets finish their military training? Why, which students advance the furthest in this national spelling bee? And which rookie teachers make it all the way through the school year in a, a difficult neighborhood? Or which salespeople are, are the ones who end up making the most money, both for themselves and the company? And they looked at these very different fields and they came up with one characteristic that was the most significant predictor of success. It wasn't natural talent. It wasn't smarts. It wasn't social intelligence. It wasn't even good looks. Instead, it was plain old-fashioned grit. Angela describes grit this way. She says, grit is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. Grit is having stamina. Grit is sticking with your future day in and day out. Not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years. And working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon and not a sprint. The power of grit to see your dream come to pass. When asked about how you develop grit, Angela says her and her team are still trying to figure that out. But I know one thing that's been helpful for me has been keeping my eye on the prize. For example, I've been on staff here at the cathedral for more than 40 years. I've been the lead pastor for more than 22 years. And if you asked me, have you ever thought about quitting? I would say, well, every once in a while, try every Monday morning. Every Monday morning, I wake up with PMS. That's, that's post-message syndrome. Every Monday morning, you feel like quitting. And yet, what has given me grit over these 40 years? Well, I've kept my eye on the ultimate prize, the ultimate dream. That moment I'm looking forward to, doing what I was supposed to do at Cathedral of Faith, I look forward to that moment where I hear from Jesus, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Now come and I'll make you ruler over many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Keep your eye on the prize. It takes tenacity to take hold of your dream. Now that brings us to the last movement in the story. Jacob well, the fight comes to him and then he wrestles all night long and Jacob is going to leave this wrestling match with a new brand, a new brand. I saw this one video of a father's son, him and his little boy are wrestling and man, they're really going at it. Check it out. Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> oh, if that little boy wins, do you know why he'll win? Is because his dad wants him to win. Is that what is happening with Jacob? The story continues. It takes a very mysterious twist. We read, the man saw that he couldn't win, so he touched the inside of Jacob's hip. As Jacob wrestled with the man, Jacob's hip was twisted. Then the man said, let me go, it's morning. But Jacob replied, what did Jacob understand here? I won't let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what's your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will not be Jacob anymore. Instead, it will be Israel. You have wrestled with God and with people and you have won. Jacob finds out that the person he has really been wrestling against is God. That God had picked a fight with Jacob because God wanted to change Jacob's name. In ancient days, names had meanings. And the name Jacob meant deceiver, supplanter, um, conniver. And that's who Jacob had been all his life. He was a conniver. He connived his father. He connived his brother. He connived his father-in-law after his father-in-law had connived him. It seems that Jacob felt if he was going to get what he wanted and if he was going to live his dream, he had to connive to get there. And so God picks a fight with him because God wants to change his name, to give him a new name, to rebrand him. Remember this. On your way to your dream, while you're working on your dream, God is working on you, developing your character, shaping your character. See, God loves you enough to pick a fight with you. God loves you enough to wrestle with you. God is so much on your side. He picks a fight with you so that you can have a new vision of you. Because God knows if the life that is in you isn't as strong as the light that is on you, then the dream will end up crushing you. And God will not sit, sit by and let that happen. And so he comes to Jacob. He picks a fight with Jacob so that he can give Jacob a vision of not just what he can do, but who he can become. You have been Jacob, the conniver, but you will be Israel. You'll be a prince, a prince of God. Let me ask you a question. Does God want to change your name? A name can be a magnetic picture that draws you toward it. Does God want to rebrand you today? If your name is addict, let him change your name to, to freedom. 
If your name is timid, let him change your name to courageous. If your name is victim, let him change your name to victorious. If your name is loser, let him change your name to winner. God loves you enough to pick a fight with you so he can rebrand you. And Jacob would walk with a limp for the rest of his life. And every time he did, he would remember who he really is. He is a prince. He's a prince of God. Jacob won. And if you wrestle with God, the only way you win is that he wants you to win. God wanted to bless Jacob, but Jacob had to want the blessing of God. And so God shows up in this moment and has this encounter until Jacob cries out for what he really needs. He didn't need to connive to get to the dream. Instead, he needed the blessing of God to get to the dream. And when he cries out, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I want your blessing. I need your blessing. No more self-reliance. From now on, it's God-reliance. That is what God had been waiting to hear. And God blessed him. He won because God wanted him to win. And God wants you to win. God wants to bless you. Can we cry out to God today? I will not let you go, God. I will not let you go unless you bless me. I want your blessing. I need your blessing. No more self-reliance for me. From now on, it's God-reliant. Let me ask you a question. Do you know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and started that relationship with God, you can do so right now. Say this after me. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I make you my Lord. I put you in charge. Thank you for making me a part of your family and for having a dream for my life. Amen. In just a moment, you're going to get a sneak peek to our worship project that is going to be rolling out in the month of March. But I, I, wanted, to, I wanted you to hear about the, the dream and the process it took to bring this project to fruition. So I've asked Pastor Vaughn to join me. And uh, Pastor Vaughn, thank you for putting this project together. I, I've heard bits and pieces of it. I'm so excited to hear the whole thing. Amen. Well, thank you for allowing us to do this. I really believe it's going to be a blessing to our church, you know, and much along the lines of your message today, um, there was a struggle that came uh, to us in the year of 2020 of how to do church again, mm. you know, and as, as a pastor and as a worship pastor, we're trying to figure out ways how can we still create content that will bless our people without the gathering that's been taken away from us. Uh, and through that struggle, we looked through the archives and we found some stuff that was, I, I noticed that, man, this is some really 
powerful moments here. How can we create something out of this? So we resurrected all the archives and the files and we edited and we added some things and rearranged some things and packaged in a way that I think is really going to be a blessing. You know, Vaughn, that's a very uh, interesting point how, you know, you had a dream to do the worship in the round and yeah. you did that. Mm -hmm. But then out of that dream emerged another dream. That's right. How, um, how sometimes the thing that's been fulfilled can become the, mm. the starting point or the platform for mm. the next dream Absolutely. that God is going to, you know. Absolutely. You know, and in fact, that came to me too while I was sitting here listening to this message that the, the name change, the legacy mm. came after the match. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's so it's like we, a lot of times we want the name change without the struggle. Like you're saying, it's, there's the struggle, there's the fight. And, you know, as I was listening to this message, you know, I, and I was thinking, you know, there, there is no conquest without a contest. Mm. And so we need to engage these moments. And, and one of the last thoughts that, you know, was just resonating with me as I'm listening to the sermon. And um, I, that would be one thing I would say to, to leave with people is like, if you want to engage in this struggle, then one is listen to this message again because there was so much that was given to us in this. You know, you didn't just drive here this morning and start talking, right? You, you wrestled with this material. You wrestled with these scriptures and these illustrations. And the thought that I had was that this may not be the struggle that we wanted, but it's the struggle that we need. Mm. And much like the butterfly illustration that was so powerful is that this butterfly needs this struggle in order to survive in their life. And so... We're, we're here, and it's, it's not a matter of why we're here. It's a matter of what we're going to do now that we're here. Do you, are we, it's, not our, 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 it's not our job to decide the legacy that we have. It's our job to say yes to the struggling and the wrestling match. Boy, that's rich. Yeah. That's so rich, Vaughn. And so this project emerged... Of course, anytime there's a project like this, the struggle to get it you know, out. And I know you've been engaging in that, <laughs> wrestling with that. And then um, can you share with us a little bit about the song that they're going to listen to? And yeah, well, it's called uh, Thank You, Lord. You know, and I think one of the, if you've, if you've listened uh, to, you extract all, you distill all the wisdom from the greats throughout uh, history. Uh, one of the, the factors that is needed for a successful life is gratitude. Mm. And so, um, and I think that you've instilled that into us here at Cathedral of Faith to always give thanks, to always look for great days ahead. And so it's, it's just an anthem that we wrote and, and it talks about too, and uh, you'll hear in the, the bridge that, you know, we're gonna sing until the walls fall down. We're not, we're not giving up. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Vaughn. Thank what you, an Pastor exciting Ted. project. Amen. It's coming yeah. soon in the month of March, but here is... A sneak preview, thank you, Lord. And all of God's people shouted. Come on, Cathedral, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. A little bit louder, thank you, Jesus.
If you know it, sing with me. You are my rock and my defense. You are my hope, my confidence. You are my savior and my friend. You are good. You are good. Now sing it like you mean it. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You are good. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You are good. But when the chaos, when the chaos shakes the ground,
I hope you enjoyed the sneak peek of the project. It'll be coming out in March, so stay tuned. And thanks again for, for being a part of the service this weekend. I'd love to hear from you. Send us your prayer requests. Send us your dreams so that we can stand in faith with you. And then right after service, don't forget the wrap. It's a great way to take the sermon deeper and further. Now I want to speak a blessing upon you because remember, you may want the blessing, but God wants to bless you even more. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I love you, Cathedral. God bless you. Yo, Cathedral of Faith, come on in. You know what this is? Ding, ding. (laughs) The bell has rung. The wrestling match has begun. Let's go. The wrap. We got 10 minutes. Let's get it done. Miss Lynn, thanks for sitting in with us this weekend. We would love to hear what you heard from Pastor Ken's sermon today. Well, it made me think of our son who at age eight, he said he wanted to be a doctor, he wanted to be a neurologist. And, but when he got into college his first year or second year, actually pre-med, he said, called me and said, I don't think this is what God wants me to do. I think he's leading me in this direction, but, um, I'm really struggling with it. I'm wrestling with this and, um, And so he finally came, talked to some of the pastors here and made the decision, you know, to move forward with it. But I think, um, and now he's a doctor, um, but I I think it took that wrestle and, uh, you know, the struggle to get to where he is and through it. Um, and I really uh, love the way Pastor Ken um, incorporated the uh, wrestling and uh, the struggle. I think sometimes when we take our focus off the dream or off God is when we, le- you know, really lose focus of our, what our dream is and where we're going. And we just, but I think that wrestle with God is so um, it, it's just so profound and it's so needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's when we take our focus off him is, yeah. yeah. Amen. When That's it's a great not, picture too. Yes. Absolutely. Your son is a doctor now. That's yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the kind of dream you use. You don't write, write when chalk. You, yeah. write, you write it with like a Sharpie permanently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody erasing that. Absolutely. Yeah. And the wrestling, the fight, just to think that uh, when it, Pastor Ken said he's picking a fight, that God's picking a fight with us and to be like, if God must see something in us that he's willing to come and be like, wait, I got to wrestle with, with her, with you. So that makes me think, God, what is it that you see that you would do that? Like to pick a fight, what is it that you want to come out of me? Then I want to get in this fight too, then. Amen. You know, um, Jacob in in the scripture said that Jacob was left alone Mm -hmm. and a man comes to wrestle mm-hmm. and my husband my husband and I knows the the sport of wrestling because our our son wrestled from middle oh, school to high right. school and mm-hmm. I do not yeah. like that sport because <laughs> it's such a yeah. uh, close contact mm-hmm. like you have to just be right there face to face you can't mm-hmm. let go till you pin your opponents and that opponents top down so what mm-hmm. I will do I will literally sit far away from the crowd mm-hmm by myself because I don't like to hear what other uh, people are saying yeah. or parents <laughs> saying about my son. 
And I would literally intercede with one eye open, praying in tongues for my son. Wow, wow. <laughs> so I was, it's just such a nerve-wracking mm-hmm. sport. Like, you know, yeah. and I rem- and, and thinking about that, how, how God, um, you know, when we are settling down and we're alone mm-hmm. to whatever that mm. place is, and when we're left alone, mm. God comes to wrestle us. He yeah. disturbs our spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Wakes and, and yeah. in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he wants, to re- he wants us to wrestle back with him. Right, yeah, yeah. Because without wrestling with God, he brings that change that we need, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. understanding. And, and uh, he doesn't let go. Yeah. Because right. he wants to bless us. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he won't let go till our spirits settle in and with him. Yeah. So, I, man, we need to really get comfortable with that wrestling. Yeah, yeah. that's when I think the growth happens. Amen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It comes to mind, like, uh, even w- with what Irene said right before you, is just that it, it, he's picking a fight. Yeah. And it's probably in a certain area of your life. It's, and you it's, it. he's choosing that area yeah, to right. declare it because the end goal, the end game for God is he wants to declare you victorious That's right. in that arena. God right? wants you to win. And, that, and another thing that stuck out to me right there is too, is, is with, and with your story, Lynn, is that you're, you can't, you're helpless to do in that, in your children's fight, right? <laughs> wow. It's their fight. Right. And mm. that whether you're the parent or you're the child, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or you're the one wrestling. It's it's not my dad's job to figure my my struggle out. Right. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. and it's something that we all got to own. Right, know? and that, that that brings to mind that that interesting point about the butterfly in the cocoon. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's struggling in the cocoon, and if you went out mm-hmm. and helped it, yeah. uh, that. The, the butterfly would die. Mm-hmm. The butterfly awesome. needs that struggle. It needs that work. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times when I, I feel like, Pastor, I'm glad Pastor Ken's, um, I'm not the only one with PMS, right? <laughs> <laughs> Those moments when you want to quit, mm-hmm. you know, my wife will always say, you know, I'll always say this. I'll go, man, Aurora, man, this struggle is real. Mm-hmm. And then she'll look me dead in the eye. She'll well, you know what? You're a real struggle, is what uh. she'll say. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it reminds me, like we that that whole struggle, right? The idea mm-hmm. that it's 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 not like bad for us. It's not mm-hmm. there to hurt us really, but it's there to help us, especially with God in Absolutely. the mix. Yeah. Right? His ultimate end goal, right, is to really turn things around and make things new in our lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This this idea of name changing and changing our names and giving us this new experience. Right? Absolutely, I mean. like rebranding our names. So yeah, yeah. I thinking about that. I just heard a story of a mom who picked up her son who was in trouble, and she said that when she got in the car, the first thing that she said to him was, "Son, I love you, and I'm proud of you. Do you want to go get some ice cream?" And it just like disarmed him. Not to say that she didn't go and there was consequences or in a conversation, but she said this, I wasn't speaking to him from his present state. I was speaking to him in who his character is and was, like who he is. And so I'm calling that out. And I think that is what God is saying here, what Pastor Ken said, that there's a magnetic picture that draws us. And that is why that, that God is wrestling with us. And I think that that's so beautiful. I'm guilty of that with Zion. Zion, why are you doing this? And then I'm thinking when God does that to me and when I'm in a mess and he says, Irene, but he calls me out, it makes my eyes look up and be like, hope. Like you see that, like you're attracted to light. So I think God's rebranding us. It's so true what you and Pastor Ron said about, and um, Pastor Ramel and Aurora, about your children that Mm -hmm. 
you you try to guide them in the right way. You try to give them your advice and what you think. Right. God's pulling them another way and wrestling with them. Mm-hmm. And you, I finally, after a couple years, had to say, you know what, God? This is this is you. This mm-hmm. is all you and my son. Mm-hmm. You do have to let go at some point. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And that's when everything was able to be put in place right. after the wrestle. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And it's like uh, Pastor Mel brought up with the... the uh, the cocoon right. and, the, mm-hmm. and the butterfly, right? It's like, it, you used mm-hmm. the word earlier, we were talking about that, uh, enabling. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's powerful. And that's, yeah. wow, it's, it's you know, and I, I've, with our son, you know, I'm just trying to to help him realize what the struggle of going to school is. Like, it's it's not <laughs> punishment. It's not just busy work. It's mm-hmm. it's it's little pain now, later, less pain later, yeah. right? Sure. Like, it's yeah. delayed gratification. It's teaching them to work towards something. And, mm-hmm. I, and if we take that from them, if we just say, oh, it's okay, you don't have to go to school. No, you, you know, just give them, it's, it's fine now, yeah. but it's pain later, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's a dangerous thing of, if mm-hmm. we want to intervene. And I think it's even, we can do it to ourselves. We can yes. enable ourselves mm-hmm. from the struggle, right? We, yeah. we run to some type of vice or some type of uh, instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, real quick, I, I, what just hit me, was the, this idea that God didn't reveal himself to the end. Mm. Right? It wasn't until the end that he revealed himself yeah. because mm-hmm. he wanted Jacob to, to, to do that, just figure all these things out about mm-hmm. himself yeah. mm-hmm. without him knowing any other stuff about what was going on other than yeah. you just need to get through this. Mm-hmm. And if you just keep holding on, mm-hmm. if you just keep holding on, then you win. And right? I think that the fact that if you're in, if you're in a struggle, that means you're alive. Ah. So I feel instead of being like, oh, my goodness, I'm in a struggle, be like, okay, there's there's something happening here in us. And then I also think uh, our scripture today, but just the all night long, all of us are struggling with something, whether it's our finances, our home relationships. And um, life is not made of a million dollar moments, but it's made of a million one dollar moments. I heard that one just recently, and I just thought, you know what? Today, my $1, I'm going to hold on to it and do the best I can with this $1 that I have, believing that all night long we're going to get there. Right. Our scripture is um, Genesis 28:15 says, I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Yeah. Amen. Cathedral of Faith, God's picking a fight with you. Oh. Engage, yes. God, engage. God yes. is calling you out in the middle of the night, waking you up out of your comfort, right. out of your sleep, out of your yes. slumber. Let's hear the call. Pastor Amen. Ken's ringing the bell. Yes. Right. He's ringing the bell for Cathedral of Faith. Let's step it up. Let's hear Let's hear the call. Let's follow, follow our dreams. Let's engage in the struggle. That's and right. the answers will make themselves known as Amen. we continue to engage in the struggle. Amen. We're declared victorious in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. We know the end. From the beginning, absolutely. And so let's let's stay in this and let's 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 fight. Let's go. Get in the ring. That's it. We love you, Cathedral <laughs> of Faith. And love as you, always, it's so rad. Ding ding. Yeah. <laughs>